Ford. This is the Driving You Crazy Podcast with me, your host, Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber. And I want to be the first to wish each and every one of you a happy Lane Courtesy Month. Yay! Ow, ow. <sighs> Joseph, it is Lane Courtesy Month. Happy Lane Courtesy Month, Jason. Thank you. I've, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me Happy Lane Courtesy Month. Well, it's, it's only June 1st. You had plenty of time. <laughs> yes, you could probably continue to uh, wish people Happy Lane Courtesy Month for many months. To, well, I guess just for the rest of the month, right? Many days and hours to come. There you go. Uh, well, June apparently has been designated as Lane Courtesy Month by the National Motorist Association. Uh, th- this is this is what they sent me in a press release the other day. Lane courtesy, or lane discipline as it's sometimes called. No, it's not. It's never called that. Well, I'm going to start calling it that. Are you? Now I know what to call it. Well, well now, that, yeah, now that we're informed, that's what we can start saying. It's quite simply staying in the right lane on the highway except to pass slower moving vehicles. When motorists use lane courtesy every time they drive, they'll find they are generally safer because they drive with the traffic instead of continuously weaving in and out of traffic. That is not nearly as fun. Not even close. <laughs> no. I no, mean, come gotta, on. you got to do the weave. Right? Are you a habitual lane changer? No, but I, I do like to know which lane I can get into if I have to. Gotcha. You know, that's the thing. Uh, anyway, it's, it continues on. Motorists will save gas and arrive quicker at their destination because they're going with the traffic flow, which allows for a smoother ride. More importantly, when motorists use lane courtesy, there will be less road, road rage and less overall stress while driving. Will there, will there be? Thanks for telling me. Have you ever been driving in a lane and the person next to you is driving like a perfect angel and it drives you crazy? Because yes. yeah, yeah. National Motorist Association is urging motorists to serve as a role model by keeping right to yield to faster traffic, practicing lane courtesy year-round, not just in June. This is a year-round problem. Cheers. To lane courtesy. <laughs> there you go. Well, we, si- we, we, we survived Fire Mageddon. Uh, I don't know what else we would call it uh, after Inferno the big fire. Inferno on the interstate was. The is one that was that what it is? That was my favorite one that I saw. We just called it tanker fire on I twenty five, trying to be straight down the middle. But one of our rivals called it Inferno on the interstate. And I like that money. That is great. You know, because we always have to come up with some kind of catchy slogan for some kind of a disaster that happens on a daily basis. It was crazy how long they were out there and how much foam they were using to clear that thing up. That was a lot of foam. I was thinking, what is it? How much is foam? Five cents a gallon? Because they were putting a lot of foam out there. Well, it was what over a thousand gallons of different types of fuel. It was diesel. It was oil. It was yeah. nine different. It was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to see pictures or videos, just check out the Denver Seven Facebook page or uh, DenverChannel.com. All the pictures and videos are out there if you want to see them it was it was interesting it made it gave me a 15 and a half hour day so that was fun two hours of continuous coverage for jason luber what was it noon to two yeah it was yeah i was actually in the parking lot in my car about to drive out and i get a call from dale saying uh get back here they want to do a live cut in on some fire on i-25 i'm like all right this ought to be good so i just park i even left my windows in the car down in the parking lot i just grabbed my jacket and just walked in and uh, and then as soon as I suited up when I got back in the studio, it was from that point all the way to two hours, and it was straight on full coverage. <laughs> yeah, it was bonkers. It was great coverage. Don't get me wrong, but oh. uh, it was crazy. It was good stuff. It was a good fire. Well, thankfully the man is okay. Yes, yes, the man is okay. So I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and on the Traffic Reporters Group, I saw a headline that someone reposted from a paper called the Plantain, and that this is what it read. 
Miami-Dade to create freeway texting lane to accommodate millennial drivers. I thought, okay, this should be interesting. The story begins, the Miami-Dade Expressway Authority announced today that it has plans to create a bumper texting lane along the Dolphin Expressway. Quote, this is a necessary step we must take as a community to ensure public safety, unquote. Spokeswoman Ann Hinga noted that educational campaigns about dangers of texting while driving have failed to curb the behavior. Our roads are filled with millennials raised in front of cell phone screens. We cannot realistically expect these younger drivers to not text and drive. The bumper texting lane is our attempt to mitigate the danger of texting while driving and is a plan that we believe will save thousands of lives, said Miss Hinga. Uh, the Miami-Dade Expressway story continues saying, An improvement expected to cost the county upwards of $75 million. The authority says it has already started to assess the viability of installing additional texting lanes on other county thoroughfares. 16-year-old student, this is my favorite part of the story. 16-year-old student Kelsey Gutierrez says she supports the new lane, admitting that she has already been in eight minor traffic accidents caused by phone-related intentiveness since receiving her S-Class Mercedes at her Sweet 16 party last February. The young driver noted, however, that only old people text and questioned whether the lanes could also be used for drivers sending snaps or Instagramming cute traffic pics. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I'm a fan. The plantain reached out to the Miami-Dade Police Department to ask whether the texting lanes would also be available to drivers who were making Snapchat videos, Instagramming, or watching YouTube. A local law enforcement officer who was asked to remain anonymous advised the plantain that highway officers will have quite a lot of discretion about who or who cannot use the lanes and noted that individual decisions will likely come down to officers' mood. (laughs) Don't most things? Yes. Now, when I read this, I could clearly see that it was satirical. It's obviously a humorous story, but some people didn't get it. As you could tell from some of the comments in the comment section, the first one, this is what it said. This is the most disturbing, disgusting, dangerous bending of the rules by the state, making it okay or acceptable for anyone, including a millennial, to text and drive, period. Then that ignorant 16-year-old being in eight major car accidents. Actually, I think she said, said minor. Uh, in, in a brand new Benz? Is she proud of that? She? This article? The state spending $75 million in making a millennial lane should absolutely be ashamed of themselves. Gross! Come on! Does she really think that this is a real article? Honestly? People are really bad at seeing these things. Apparently so! There were a couple of comments trying to correct the author to the exact location of where this is going on because there actually is a Dolphin Expressway, and they've seen construction and thought, oh, that's what's going on. They actually thought this is happening because they've seen construction on the roadways. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. This was the last comment on the story. Should a reader, upon sober reflection, think or believe that anything contained in this post, in this website, is true... They are mistaken and should relieve and abandon themselves of that idiotic notion immediately. Anyone who concludes otherwise ought to stay away from this site forever and may want to consider, instead of seeking immediate help, attention, or treatment, this site publishes parodies. Some people. It's not quite the onion, but I thought it was quite humorous anyway. I'm a big fan. The 16-year-old thing is priceless. But you got... (laughs) You would have had me going if it wasn't for the bumpers in the middle lane. There's no passing at that point. Then it's just three different lanes, right? Well, no. I think what they want to do is like have an express lane that has these bumpers. So when you're texting, you're not paying attention. You get bumped back in to your lane. So that way you're you're not hurting anybody else. But 
I mean, then, then it's like you're driving a maybe it should be like nerf well it should only be like 20 miles an hour in the texting lane too that way yeah. you, you know you can stay going in a straight line on the road while really focusing on that text what would be better it'd be like one of those grooves that you have at the car wash right that have the automatic little wheel thing that pushes your wheels along yep <clears throat> that way you can be in the lane and it's and it's going right along you don't even have to hold the steering wheel it's pushing you along or we could just bring in self-driving cars right <laughs> <laughs> on with the self-driving cars uh, this story sounds fake, but it's actually real, and it comes from St. John's, Newfoundland, where officers say they stopped a driver after noticing the car he was driving was unregistered. But the constable said that when a tow truck arrived and was lifting the car up on the rack, an officer spotted a strand of rope on its underbelly. He said that when they took a closer look, officers discovered a rear control arm, which is the thing that links the chassis to the hub that carries the wheels, right? It's, I mean, it's a pretty important part was actually tied to the frame with a piece of rope. It's probably not the safest way to drive. No, it is not. It's actually terrifying. Officers say the 40-year-old man driving the car was ticketed for operating an unregistered vehicle, and the car was seized after police deemed it road safety concern. I guess that was a very strong piece of rope. And that guy really knows how to tie a great knot because I, I, I try to tie a knot to hold some stuff down in, the, in, you know, in a pickup truck or something. I think I do an okay job. but I mean, that sounds like a story that can't happen in the year 2017. It's straight out of the 1970s or something. You would think so, yeah. but it's happening now, Joseph. Wow. Self-driving cars, again, would not let that happen, would it? I, Wouldn't no. it just say, no, come on, get off me? You can't drive a self-driving car with a piece of rope tied to it. Honestly, don't you think a self-driving car would be much more fun if it would yell at you like, hey, get off me. Stop that. Don't touch me. Only qualified people can do that. All right, the big thing now on the Internet is live streaming events, like on Facebook Live that I do every Friday, or Periscope or Twitter Live, right? Everyone wants to be an Internet broadcasting star. It's nice because there is live interaction when you're doing these Facebook Live broadcasts that you can't really get on this show Except when Lisa or somebody else wants to barge in and hijack the show. I'm still waiting for Nicole Brady to do that sometime. She hasn't done it yet, but I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Anyway, I digress. Since your uh, cars are becoming more and more connected, I can easily imagine a time where your car is eventually going to live stream video of you driving. I mean, it really could be either just a dash cam style cam, right? Or maybe a couple of cams that you can switch from inside to the outside. I mean, really, this possibility of live streaming your commute which would be great and horrifying all at the same time. Some people are already doing this. I have this weather app where you can watch weather chasers driving around the country looking for horrible weather conditions or tornadoes or whatever. Um, I've done live streams from my car on my phone on Facebook Live or Periscope when there's been terrible weather, snow or whatever, and, and sometimes just for fun. I mean, this is already sort of happening. If you watch YouTube and watch any of these rant videos that are out, it's always people in the driver's seat of their car parked somewhere <laughs> with a camera pointed at them. Right. Well, and that's because they don't want they want to be in the privacy because everybody thinks the privacy of their little bubble car because nobody else is around. It's true, but it, it just looks ridiculous when you're trying to do a high quality rant. And you're wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> well, just think of this possibility: with millions of vehicles streaming video while driving, then you have, in essence, millions of Google Street View vehicles capable of refreshing live views of those Street View maps everywhere around the world several times a day. I mean, imagine if this was all tied into the current mapping technology with these connected cars, and they could support these crowdsourced video feeds, right? And, and you really could cover almost every mile of the road. So imagine that you're looking at your Google map. You have little icons of drivers doing that right now. You click on it, and you see what they're, you see what they're seeing. 
I mean, it's 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 great. Interesting. Uh, so imagine that video, though, also being used to determine how full, let's say, a store parking lot is at any given time. Like if you're going to the mall around Christmas and how busy or packed it is. Um, and maybe what prices are advertised at stores because the cameras can see what the store display is. And so now you know, or what the gas prices are at every gas station these cars pass by. I mean, the weather conditions could be reported in real time. That could help out a lot. It could even go to the National Weather Service to better warn people of, let's say, severe or dangerous weather or flooded roads. I mean, wouldn't they like to have that information? Absolutely. Um, it could be as simple as someone just watching somebody else drive around town and enjoy the view. I would like to do that. I'd like to do that a lot. It could be cool to have an internet channel that just rebroadcasts these live feeds and then... You, maybe it tries to pick up the most interesting ones, but I, I would watch it. I think it'd be kind of neat. So when US 34 was reopening, I'm new to Colorado. I didn't yeah. understand the beauty of US 34. I was like, oh, whatever. And then I saw somebody's live stream of them driving US 34, and you actually see what it looks yeah. like on that road. It's a totally different story. Yeah, because you know analysts believe that just in a couple of years, 75% of the world's car are going to be connected to the Internet via Wi-Fi or 5G, all built into the vehicle. And, and most people start crying about privacy issues when talk, technology like this is being talked about and not wanting the government or, or other people to know where they are and what they're doing and where they're going. But there are some big advantages to all of this as well. But, you know, I imagine it's going to be a lot like what, what happens on your phone because Google allows you to use all their maps if you give them the permission to track your phone while you're even not really using the map, it's the same system I think will be implemented in your car as well. If you let us track you, then you'll get all these really cool features for free. Another interesting aspect of having all these connected cars is cars, as they become more and more uh, advanced with greater numbers of onboard computers and sensors and cameras and Wi-Fi and all that stuff, uh, the amount of data is expected to balloon and I think it would provide automakers and insurers and all those sort of people with, with a lot of information to harvest if they wanted. I, I read one estimate where a car could eventually produce, or cars, 100 gigabytes of data every second. That is remarkable. 100 gigs? That's crazy. I, I don't know where there's enough storage space in the world for 100 gigs a second. Seems pretty high to me, though. Anyway. Maybe all these people are combining all their car data, like camera and historical driving data and all that stuff, um, into one big pool. But let's say in the event of an accident, it'd be good to have some of that information, right? Like a snapshot of the data prior to the crash, as well as any alerts for first responders. Let's say if they needed some information about what happened. Um, there, there could be data on driver passengers that include like what you like for your information system or your climate control or your seat preference. And then all those, um, all those things are then sent to the car companies, and then they make better cars, and they actually make it the way people use it. Right. Well, I mean, you could also, you mentioned first responders. It would be really interesting to have data in there that would alert first responders to any sort of allergies or, like, medical conditions that they would need to know yeah. about at the scene of an accident. Right. Or, yeah, who to call and that sort of thing. Well, I, I'd definitely be all for it. My wife would be against it. I, I, I'd like to watch a channel like that. I think it'd be kind of fun. Only if they're going fast. I don't need to see anybody going slow. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick time out right now. Coming up, the story of a special love between a woman and a train station. Yep, it's happening. That story and much, much more as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. I'm 
Dale Cedars, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. Here's a reason to watch Denver 7 every morning. We always have the latest information you need to help plan your day for your whole family. Uh, we've got a full team of reporters that are here around the clock all night long, making sure we can advance stories so you know how these things affect you and your family uh, that happen across. It could be a Broncos victory. It could be something about a road being closed or something that affects you and your kid at school. Mitch Jelnicker, only on Denver 7. The challenge is the weather. That's something that I'm still working on. I was reporting in Waco, Texas before this, so my skin is very, very thin. You know, getting out and seeing everything, kind of enjoying all of the landscape around uh, the metro area in particular, I feel like that's the biggest reward because you really didn't, I really didn't get that working in Waco or working in Casper, Wyoming before this. And so uh, that I think is the biggest reward and seeing so many people uh, and their face light up when they see Denver 7 come on scene. A lot of people who say, you know, I'm out here at this event because I saw your report and we were the only ones covering it Exclusively, that's something that I think is very rewarding. Amanda Del Castillo, only on Denver 7. A flight of flowers is all I ever hoped. We will go out and carry out what we have been told. You see, I do things. Welcome back to the Driving You Crazy podcast, where we strive to be happy and energetic and convey that go-getter attitude that they always portray on those Holiday Inn Express commercials. Speak for yourself. <laughs> As you roll in here in your sweatshirt. I Lind- Linden? Linden? Where's Linden State? State? Linden, Vermont. It actually no longer exists. This was the last graduating class of Linden State. We are merging with another college to become... Northern Vermont University. Well, that makes more sense than Linden State. Linden State, man. We are we were a journalism factory. Top were 10 we? in the country. Yeah, several years in a row. And this is where you've ended up. There are multiple Linden State graduates in this newsroom right now. No, there are not. Yeah. Honestly? Honest to God. Well, I'm surprised there's another Georgia Southern person here in this newsroom. I can't believe that That stuns me. <laughs> Statesboro. <laughs> Well, I'm Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber, along with uh, newscast producer Joseph Peters. You know, we're in the summer season right now, now that we're after Memorial Day. My kids are out of school. Uh, They're going to be going back in early August, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. Honestly, they go back in the 10th of August. I'd much rather have them go like a week later and then have them start a week later, right? Your wife, she's in the school systems in Jeffco. What uh, is she going to be doing anything this summer? Uh, yeah, tr- well, she's going back to Connecticut in a couple of weeks. You know, like there's going to be a lot of travel and stuff like that. We, sh- Without you, <laughs> on purpose. Yep, um, <laughs> that's correct. Um, I, no, but I mean, she's going back to school at the beginning of August as well. Oh, it's, okay. it's no rest for the wicked when it comes to the teachers in that district. I think she only gets, I mean, you know, only eight weeks off between the time that she's done in the classroom and the time she's back in the classroom. To have eight weeks off. You know, everybody says that, but she works like 12-hour days every day of the year, so. Hey, well, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so why are people so odd? You ask Joseph, Why? I actually asked that question after reading this story about the woman who was in love with the train station. Well, she married it. 45-year-old Carol, she didn't give a last name, says she's been smitten with the Santa Fe station in San Diego since she was a young girl. And so she decided to take her relationship to that next level. Is this another satire article? No. Okay. This is actually real. I saw an interview with her, and this is, this is real stuff. 
Surprisingly to no one, the nuptials have not been officially recognized, though, by the government. But Carol says she and the station tied the knot nearly 18 months ago, and they've been very happily wed ever since. I don't think the station has made a comment on this yet. (laughs) Carol says, when we got married, I stood there and I told her, I guess she's talking about the train station, I take it as my partner. It was the happiest day of our lives. I imagine the train station had no comment on that one either. Carol named the station Daedra Santa Fe. So she's named it now. She visits the station every day, traveling 45 minutes by bus to visit her spouse. She says, when I get there, I say hello to her. And then I walk around the block, circling around her, trying not to let anyone notice I'm talking to her. There is a private spot where the two walls meet. I go there to touch her, which I do by leaning against her with my clothes on. Well, I'm glad she doesn't do this naked. Carol continues, when I'm touching her, I feel as though it actually holds me and kisses me. I don't have physical sex with the station in public. I want to be respectful. I wouldn't do that with a human in public, so why would I do it in this case? If she could do that in in private, would she? She does. She does, right? Well, no, if she could, I mean, if there was like a big tent you could put over the train station in her, or maybe a maybe one of those covers or something you know Deidre Screen? is a great name I'm not even going to finish that thought about how what she's kissing the, the station <laughs> anyway Carol identifies herself as a objectum sexual I think that's the right way to say it she says it's a form of sexuality focused on specific inanimate objects some other women have actually married things too I was reading about uh, while one woman married the Berlin Wall before it came down some other woman married the Eiffel Tower Again, no comment from those buildings on how happy they are in the marriage. And that's sad because this, I was about to say this is the sort of thing only a millennial could do. But, of course, it happened to the Berlin Wall. If that's... I could marry an object, I would consider marrying the U.S. Treasury and hope for numerous monetary gifts throughout my marriage. I just, I'm just saying. Respect. I'm surprised more people don't marry their phones. Because it seems like that's already the case already. Literally or figuratively? Both. I mean, mean, people are so in love with their phones that they might as well just go ahead and get married to them. This woman's weird. (laughs) That woman's just weird. I'm sorry. I'm really worried about her mental health. Did you try to get a hold of her? I mean, can we do a phoner with her? No, I don't think you want to do a phoner with Carol. Maybe what, what, we'd what have, probably have better station? luck with the train station. I was thinking the exact same thing. Let's call Daedra up and see if she'll answer. Seagulls are interesting birds. I don't know how you feel about seagulls. Um, I wouldn't say interesting when describing a seagull. They they always remind me of the ocean. Even though for some strange reason I've seen them here in Colorado. I never got that. They can also be really nasty and horrible, annoying birds when you're at the beach. I mean, if you really want to ruin somebody's day, just toss some popcorn around somebody while they're lying at the beach and watch the seagulls attack. Have you done that to somebody before? No, but I no, I've had we've had popcorn on the beach and they've tried to attack attack. Oh, okay. We've actually had to move, but I've seen a video where somebody did that as a prank and then the seagulls just attack them. Oh man. My little girl loves to just try to catch them, but never obviously does, very thankfully. But apparently seagulls have also found a new target to annoy. Our future fleet of robot cars that you like. The Boston Globe reports that seagulls have proved to be difficult For the autonomous vehicles to handle, they say one bird is often small enough that a car assumes it can be ignored. But when you have a flock of the birds together, 
it looks like a big object to the car, so technicians have to train the car to recognize a flock of seagulls. Not the band. <laughs> well, maybe the band, too. I don't know if they're still around. Are I think they? they can already recognize the flock of seagulls, the <laughs> band. They're worried about flock of seagulls, the bird. <laughs> it was the hare. The vehicle reacts to the flocks in the same way a human might. It slows down while approaching the birds until they fly away, and then it resumes its normal operation. Well, the self-driving vehicles, they slow down for basically any object it doesn't recognize, and they'll keep trudging along slowly while approaching that flock of those nasty, constantly pooping ocean birds until they move or fly out of the way. So obviously that's not good for a self-driving car because you want it to keep moving at a constant speed. So these engineers have to teach their car software to recognize the birds to give the vehicle a better capacity to predict what's going to happen next. So now they're trying to make the cars think for themselves. The company teaches the vehicle to recognize new objects and continually feeding imagery of these objects into a new algorithm. So I guess we can add some tormenting autonomous cars to the laundry list of why seagulls will be continually immersed in in the hatred list for so many people who live near the ocean. So, to clarify, what was happening before was that the cars weren't slowing down for the birds and were just smoking birds on a regular basis. No, 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 no. (laughs) They were seeing all these birds, and they didn't know what to do with this big flock of birds, and so they would slow down until the birds then dissipated. Because, you know, if you get close to it, you have to get a certain distance from it, and then they'll fly away. So were they braking too fast then? Yes. Because that's 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 funny. Oh, that's funny. Yes. There you go. Seagulls causing havoc, let alone and then pooping on the car. I like the one where the car speeds up better, personally. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes them out, takes out the flock of seagulls. Exactly. The birds, not the band. Uh, many people get bugged when uh, others on the subway or the bus, they don't give up their seats to pregnant women. Thinking hard to find a solution, the New York Metropolitan Transit Authority is going to try this idea. They're going to give out baby on board buttons to pregnant women riding the subway to communicate their condition to their fellow passengers, who will then hopefully give up their seats to the expectant mothers. The plan is supposed to be part of this ongoing campaign to encourage politeness among commuters in New York. And they're also going to feature these buttons for elderly passengers and passengers with disabilities because you can't tell when somebody's old without a button. Jason, so... Apparently, New York has decided. This is New York, right? Yes. New York has decided that people weren't giving up their pregnant their seats to pregnant women, not because they wanted the seats for themselves, but because they couldn't tell that the pregnant woman was pregnant. Right. So the solution is to give them buttons. Yes, that's right. Man, and that's... then to also hand out those buttons to the elderly because you can't tell that they are old either. Well, what if I wore an elderly person button? Who's going to question that? Oh, well, maybe you're self-identifying as elderly. <laughs> The reality check here is this button concept is not going to bring a huge increase, I don't think, in the number of seats given up. After all, most people ignore the needs of other people, honestly. New Yorkers can be some of the worst offenders. And if they weren't, then the MTA wouldn't think of a way to make people more polite to the pregnant or the infirmed. So I like to think of myself as a sociologist of bus culture. Okay. What it is is if you're – so the the pregnant person walks onto the bus. They look around. Right. They see that there's no seats available. Yes. And they stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if they usually stop in like the first five or six rows of the bus, let's say the bus goes back 17 rows. I'm in row 15. If the person in rows 7, 8, and 9 who are standing right by the pregnant woman aren't going to be man enough to give up their seats, 
it's really uncomfortable for me to make a show of standing up from row 15, walking up to the pregnant woman while the bus is in motion and saying, oh, take that one. I would. You know, I would too. Don't get me wrong. And I've done it before. But what I'm saying is that the person nearest the pregnant woman is really the one who should be right. giving up the seat. And if they don't do that right away, it makes everybody else uncomfortable. Well, you know why? Because this, this, this really isn't a problem because fellow riders don't recognize that there's an issue, like you said. I mean, they obviously could see or the button or the, that she's pregnant. It's really because they have no consideration for their fellow human being. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it comes down to is everybody is really selfish now in in this day. And that's why you see the aggressive driving and other driving issues. And it's just people are just more selfish nowadays. But I really think what, what this could do is really lead us into a button frenzy for anyone who has any kind of wide range of issues that they want everybody to know about. I mean, that that's what I think this could turn into. I mean, you could be walking... You could basically be a walking TGI Friday server right there on the bus or the subway, right? Don't they have all those buttons with flair? Isn't that what they call it? Is it Fridays still? I've seen a couple of restaurants that do I that. I don't know. Well, imagine what a difference it would make if, let's say, the moment you walked on the train car, you could quickly scan the various buttons being worn by everyone on board. You would get an idea exactly of what you're getting your in- yourself into if you choose to sit next to one of those people. Even if they're sitting or they're standing or whatever. Okay, here, so I made a list, Joseph. I, I decided to, to put my, 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 my brain into this, and I made a list of possible buttons that could be helpful for people. All right. Because I want to be helpful. Let's go. How about the man-spreader button? Men are biologically inclined to spread their legs when they sit down, and sometimes the wide leg infringes on the space of the people sitting on either side of the man-spreader. Right? So in essence, it takes up three seats instead of just one. Can't you just look at a person and say oh if you're a man you're probably a man spreader probably but you would need a button for that (laughs) there should also be a dozer button every traveler deserves to be forewarned if the person sitting next to them is in such an advanced state of drowsiness that at any moment they start slumping sideways and begin sleeping on your shoulder for the rest of the journey don't you doze off on the window right don't you angle for the window not always it's so true i don't i don't know if i've ever Fallen asleep on somebody's shoulder before. You've seen it. You've seen pictures I've on the New York subway. Seen it before. <laughs> those side, those those seats that are actually you know sideways that are, are right next to the window. Yep. Too often, the joy of rail travel is annihilated by a single youth and their phone, watching videos, playing games, listening to music without wearing headphones. So maybe there should be a open eared self entertainer button. Not just single young people with headphones either. I'm looking at you people who play the loud music, the loud oldies music from their backpack on the bus. How about the this is this is one of my favorite buttons. How about the my bag is special button? Any awkwardness could be, then be avoided once we distribute these buttons to anyone whose bags or other inanimate objects are of such great extreme sensitivity and vulnerability to emotional upset that they need a seat all to themselves. The real reason that people put their bags in the seat next to them is so nobody joins them, right? Yes, of it, course. It's an isolating thing. But if you knew that that button was there, my bag is special, then you would just go ahead and find somewhere else to sit. Oh, I like it. How about the I am reading a book, please leave me alone button? And then you could conversely have the I cannot help talking to strangers who are clearly trying to read their book button. We definitely need a I want to talk to the person next to me button so that everybody else on the bus can avoid that person. <laughs> There has to be an I want everybody on this train to hear every word of my personal phone call button. Agreed. That's why they don't allow them on airplanes yet. What about the I will never, ever stop staring at you in this unnerving, creeper manner like I want to chop you up into little pieces and feed you to the fish button? Does that person need a button, you think? 
<laughs> there could be a button for the person who likes to stand in front of an open seat on a crowded train so no one else can sit down and uh, into that seat. I've seen that before. The, you know, the person just wants to stand up but always is standing right next to that open seat. It, it might look like they're being nice, but it really isn't. Uh, how about a button saying, I'm the person who stands in front of the door who won't move when these doors open? I like that guy. That guy's got a lot of guts, man. Because there's always, if there, if you're on one of the buses that has steps or on one of the trains that has steps, the steps usually go right down to the door. And there's always somebody standing in that door jam when the bus gets full. And they never move oh. one bit. I, I think we could add a button for the people who like to get on the train before letting everyone else get off. I see this a lot at the train at the airport and also in elevators. Same thing. People... Well, elevators trick you because if, you if you're used to an elevator being empty, you the you like learn over time to just start moving onto the elevator when it hits your floor. And then if somebody happens to be on there the one time out of 100, then you look like a jerk. How about the button for the guy who likes to lean on the pole so other people can't grab it? Seen that at the airport as well. Yes, sir. How about a button for the people who like to eat cooked food on the train? Can you do that? Well, yeah. You're just like you're bringing your takeout on the train or on like, the bus. Like an entire Thanksgiving dinner? Well, <laughs> not quite maybe that much, but maybe you're like getting some Kung Pao and you're, and you're eating it with your... <laughs> little turkey leg. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the problem is really depending on what kind of food it is because it really can smell up the car. And then either everybody is either repulsed because of the smell or they, they get hungry because the smell is great. It's even worse. You know when the, it's worse? On an airplane after they close the doors. I was going to say, we need to do airplane buttons because I feel like a lot more people can empathize with riding in an airplane than on a train these days. And there are a lot of people that I do not want to sit next to on an airplane. Like a button for the person who likes to take their shoes off and have their bare feet up on the seat in in front of them or right there against the window, you know, that crack between the seat and the yep. window? Um, I have my own button on an airplane. It's the guy who sits in the window seat but still demands to take both armrests of the person in the middle <laughs> only gets one. Yes. Sorry. That's <laughs> that's a power move. That could be the armrest hog button. What's your button, Jason? I have lots of buttons. I, okay. That's fair. My, my, one of my favorite <laughs> buttons is I'm going to mess with these people on this train at, at, at all costs. So doesn't that go hand in hand with the I'm going to creepily stare at you and shock you? No, no, that's not quite. I don't quite go that far. <laughs> you mess with them by talking to them. I no. mess with them just by giving them the stare like for tell 20 them, minutes. I usually like to tell them that I'm doing uh, that I'm like a pro bowler. Um, and I and I come up with some kind of crazy concoction of who I am and what I do. You know, going back to your elderly button, when I was single and I was in college, I used to tell people that I was 38 because I thought that make, being older was going to be attractive <laughs> to a certain niche of college women. It did not work, but no. I tried. Well, that's because you went to Linden State. <laughs> I, I, really, you're right. There are so many of these other <laughs> buttons that we could create and hand out. I'm sure I'm missing a ton of other great ones. Uh, you know, this system of buttons, though, would be very useful. It, it, I think it would change our everyday way of life, not just on the bus or the subway or the airplane. Here at work, I think it would be great here at work. Everybody could wear their own special buttons. Can I just say, and this is actually a serious thing, we're not that far away from some version of this actually happening. I mean, if your phone could walk into a room and sync up with all of the other phones and pull up their Facebook profiles immediately, you'd be able to learn a lot about every single person <laughs> in the room as soon as you walked in. Maybe it could be an electric button that is tied to your Facebook or Twitter account, and then it's just posting whatever, you know, your likes and your dislikes and all that stuff. It's good to scroll through all that stuff. How creepy is that, though? Like a little four-inch screen right over your heart that's just your Facebook profile. It's a picture of you on you. <laughs> no, man. It has the potential to change our lives for the better! Or worse. Or worse. Or worse. I mean, all right, here's the perfect slogan. Perfect slogan for this whole thing. 
Peace of mind is only a button away. Thank you. The slow clap. I got the slow clap. Thank well you done. very much. Well done. Well, much like Tiger Woods and some prescription medication, we're going to be moseying on out of here. Uh, but <laughs> that didn't work right, did it? <laughs> Poor guy. Honestly. Don't mosey anywhere if you've <laughs> taken too much prescription no, I guess, medication. Yeah, I guess he didn't really mosey. He was just... Slurring and he, he said the national anthem backwards. No, well, I don't, well, no. Here's what. Okay, the, the the officer said. All right, what I want you to do is say the alphabet A through Z, but don't do it sing songy like you know, like a kid would sing the right. the alphabet song. And he goes. The officer says to Tiger, "All right, you, can can you repeat back what you're supposed to do?" And he goes, "Huh?" And he goes, "No, can you repeat back what you're supposed to do?" Yeah, it's, it's, sing the national anthem backwards. And so. He got the, he got he got the the wrong song. He, he was saying the song instead of the alphabet, but and then did, he was saying it backwards instead of just doing it. Forward. But he did it right. No, he, he said didn't do the it. actual na- no, national anthem not. backwards. Who okay. can do the national anthem backwards? That's what I'm saying. That's I can't even do the alphabet backwards, and I'm sober. I can do the alphabet backwards, but doing no the national way. anthem backwards would be literally remarkable. That would be. Like I, I don't. I would have to give him credit for that. That would have to be a special talent. No, he didn't do it backwards. He said, God. "That's what he said." If only. Poor, poor tiger. So Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. And what you're going to hear now is me after I'm going to go through and edit that little part, and I'm going to play it forward. This is what it's going to sound like. <laughs> Yep, there you go, you got it. Were there any letters missing? I will sound it perfect know to me. <laughs> nice work! Yay! College. Well, thanks again for being here. I guess that about ends it for this episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Until next time, I'm the traffic guy, Jason Luber. I'm a producer, Joseph Peters. You're not just a producer, you are the producer. Okay, I'm the producer. Anyway, be safe, and as always, happy motoring.